All right, shall we say good morning, good morning, Shechiano, Vikiyamano, Vihigiyano, Lazman Hazat, the great Zechus today that we have to begin Meseches Chagiga, an absolute and overwhelming, incredible Zechus. We'll begin by thanking, sorry, by thanking our sponsors for today's year. To thank our Tamatora sponsors for the month of Adar Aleph. Paul and Kathy Pollack for dedicating all the Shirman Joshos this month in memory of Paul's grandparents, Zacharia Ben Zacharia and Dina Basrabdov. To thank Art and Shari Miller for dedicating all the Shirman Joshos this month in memory of Art's brother, Richard, Richard Miller Ruvain Ben Bitzalel Barachal. We also have our week of learning sponsor. Also, Paul and Kathy Pollack, the first time in sheer history, the Reva Talmud Torah sponsor, who's also a weekly sponsor, for dedicating the shear, the shearim this week, in honor of Paul's fellow Talmidim on Zoom. Baruch Hashem. Shkayach to our Zoom chevra. Thank you, Paul, for that sponsorship. Good. And, to th- and a thank you, of course, a week of learning sponsorship to Ayal Steinberg. Thank you, Tayal, for the sponsoring for the schus of Rafur Shalema for Shulamis Bas Susha. Have Rafur together with Kol Chol Yisrael, all of the Neshamah Shav and Aliyah, and the families in Acham. And Abosi, with that, let us begin. So, a really beautiful and incredible daf out of us. First of all, again, the Ardafiomi notebooks for Meseches Chagiga. As I say at the start of every Mesechta, the notebooks are a powerful tool. Because the challenge of Dafiomi, of course, is the power of retention. At least for most of us, that's the challenge of Dafiomi. We do a lot at a pretty quick pace. The nice part of the notebooks is you could jot down something that jumps out at you, and at least on one da on each daf, to have a nugget. On each daf, to have a little something that's yours, that you retain, that you take with you, is incredibly important. So again, yeshikhoach to our office for preparing those notebooks, and please, please enjoy. So mostly with that, let us begin. Meseches Chagiga Daf Beis Ahmed Aleph. So exciting. You know that new Gemara smell. It might be a few thousand years old, but it's still incredible. So says the Mishnah. Hakol Chayavim Bereiya. So we'll say, so remember again, a bit of context. Everyone is obligated in the mitzvah of Reiya. What is the mitzvah of Reiya? Rashi says, The mitzvah Reiyas Kol Zichurcho. Shetzuchin Leisraos Bazara. Beregel. Rabbi said the Pasik says, the Pasik says, this is in Shmos, Perek Chavkimo, Pasik Yud Zayin, Shalosh Pa'amim Bashana, three times in the year, Yeira'e Kozichurcha es Pinea Don Hashem. Every male, every Jewish male, shall see the Ribbono Shal Olam. Rabbi said the mitzvah of Ri'ia is the mitzvah to appear. To appear and to see, it's really, we're going to see, we're going to define it a little bit better, but to appear in the base Hamikdash three times a year, Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot. This is the mitzvah of Re'iyah. It's phrased, it's phrased as the mitzvah to see the Mikdash. But of course, again, I just want to point out, if you stand in a hill, on a hill, outside of Yerushalayim, looking and seeing the base Hamikdash, that's not the mitzvah of Re'iyah. The mitzvah of Re'iyah demands that one sees the Mikdash, from inside the Mikdash. This is the mitzvah of Aliyah L'Regel. Everyone is obligated in the mitzvah of Re'iyah, except for the people who aren't. Who's not? Chutz, Mecheresh, Shota, Vekaton, Tumtum, Androgynous, Noshim, Va'avodim, She'ina, Meshachrarim. So let's start to go through this list. Who are the, who are the people who are exempted? Cheresh. So we'll define Cheresh, although normally when we see Cheresh, what does that mean? Deaf mute. That's normally what it means. Shota, someone who is deranged. 
Katan, child, in other words, when I say deranged, lacking mental capacity. Katan, child. Tumtum vadrogenus. Tumtum means someone whose gender is, is undefined. We'll say not because they're undefined, but because ultimately, again, physically, right? Physically, at the end of the day, it's like, like, not, like, not, not, no, no, it's, it's incredible how you have to define these, these things today, contemporarily. So right? it's not a person who, who has gender ambiguity. We're talking about a person who has physical gender ambiguity. In other words, Tumtum actually, again, the issue is physically, the way the Gemara defines it, is that halacha lamaisa is like a membrane covering the sexual organs, and it's not clear what the gender of the person is. Androgynous is a person who has both male and female reproductive organs. Nashim, women, avodim she'ina mishukhrarim, slaves who are not emancipated, so some non-Jewish slaves who are not emancipated. Chiger, we'll say again, we're gonna go through all of these cases. Chiger is someone who's crippled. Suma, someone who's blind. Vachola, someone who's ill. Zokin, someone who's old. Or someone who is unable to ascend to Yerushalayim on their own two feet. On their own feet. I will say, that sounds a lot like Chiger, right? Sounds like, so again, we'll get into all of these cases in the Gemara. Ezu Katas, we'll say it's interesting. So the Gemara, the Mishnah chooses to focus on the Katan. Who is the Katan? I will say, what is the definition of a Katan? Now, Here's what's interesting about this. See, I will say, you think to yourself, what's the definition of a katan? Like, that's kind of obvious. We've always been speaking about kitanim in halacha, right? What's the definition of a katan generally? Generally, below bar mitzvah, right? Below bar mitzvah. That, that, that's the definition of a katan. So what's going on over here? Look at Rashi just a moment. Ezu katan, avamikan ve'elech, avapishenu chayminatorah. So I will say, so again, before we get to this, you're going to see why the Mishnah has to ask this question. Because in the mitzvah of Aliyah Leregel, the Torah makes mention of bringing your children. So because of that, I know that children are involved, somehow involved, in the mitzvah of Aliyah Leregel. But obviously, again, there must be a certain age, yet the Mishnah said that Ketanim are exempt. So obviously, once the child is over Barabbas Mitzvah, or I should say Bar Mitzvah, then obviously he's a gadol, he's obligated. I also know that at a certain age, even though he's below Bar Mitzvah, there's going to be an obligation for his parents to bring him. So what's the age under which the child is not obligated at all? So we'll say, this is incredible. So we'll say, what's a katan? It's actually very beautiful. What's a katan? A katan is a child who's so small that he can't even sit on his father's shoulders to go to Yerushalayim. In other words, like, like a baby. You know, because when a child is little, he can sit on his, father's, on his father's shoulders and support his own weight. Support his own weight. See, if you're a young child and you can support your own weight by sitting on your father's shoulders, ultimately you're obligated to go ahead and go to Yerushalayim. But a, but a child who is so young that he can't even sit on his father's shoulders, ultimately, again, is exempt. But that was Yerushalayim. So I'm sorry. So, so what's a katan? Or who is the katan who is exempt? Any child who's so young that he can't sit on his father's shoulders and go from Yerushalayim to Harabayis. Divrei Beishamai. That's Beishamai. Beisila or Beisila say, Kol she'ino yachol le'echoz biyado shal'aviv 
Let's listen to this. says If the child is so young that he can't sit on his father's shoulders to go up to Harabayis, then such a child is a katan and is exempt ultimately again from Aliyah Larago. Beisilel says, if the child is so young that he can't hold his father's hand. See, what's like, Beis Shammai is more machmir, because Beis Shammai is saying that even a younger child is going to be chayiv and aliyah l'regal, right? As long as you're old enough to sit on your father's shoulders and go up to Yerushalayim, then you're obligated to do so. Beis Hillel says, no, the child has to be able to walk. Has to be able to walk. Now, maybe not walk on his own, but he has to be old enough that he could hold on to his father's hands and go to Yerushalayim. Shene Emar. And I both say, what does Beis Hillel base himself on? Shene Emar. So ultimately, Shalosh Regalim. So I say, it's interesting. So Beis Hillel makes his drasha based on the fact that, what, what are they called? Right? What are they called? Regalim. Which means what? From Lashon of Regal. That you have to be able to walk. If you can't walk, and I will say, by the way, we're going to see that it makes a lot of sense because if you notice the other exempts in the the other exemptions in the Mishnah were who the crippled person, the person who can't walk. So we see that obviously the ability to walk on your own is a big thing over here. So therefore, again, Basilo applies that same metric or that same standard to the child. I was, you know, I was thinking about this Gemara a little bit. And I think that, that, that there's an incredible message in this as well. You know, what does the Mishnah ask? Ezehu katan. What's a katan? They both say, now, a person could be a biological katan, right? Or a person could be an emotional life katan, right? So, right, a biological katan is, is someone who's, 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 you know, what's the word? Um, chronologically young. They both say, but sometimes in life, people suffer from katnus as well. Sometimes I suffer from immaturity. And sometimes I suffer from stunted growth. And sometimes I don't even realize, but like, I'm holding myself back. So perhaps the Mishnah is asking a different question as well. Ezehu katan. So in life, in life, what's a sign of, of katnos? What's a sign of stunted personalistic growth? So the Mishnah gives two answers. Number one was the answer of Beishamai. What does Beishamai say? Sebo says, a sign of stunted growth is when you don't realize that you sit on the shoulders of others. Sebo says, sometimes we think that, ah, oh, look, look, look what I've done. Look, look what I've accomplished. And we don't realize that everything we are is because we sit on the shoulders of others. Because we sit on the shoulders of those on earth. Forget about standing on the shoulders. At least we sit on the shoulders of those who came before us. You know, if you think about it, think about, for many of us, the Mesiras Nefesh that our parents had. Right? Mesiras Nefesh. You know, today it's so, it's so different today. Even a generation ago to raise Jewish children. Even a generation ago to be able to create a from household. Think our Jewish household. Think about the Messiah's Nafesh. Think about the sacrifice that our parents made. And again, every parent makes sacrifices. And sometimes we forget, you know, it's, it's interesting that the, the nature of the world is such that everyone sees the problem with their parents and everyone sees, you know, what my parents did wrong. But do we recognize also the sacrifices my parents made? Because those of us who are parents also know there's no such thing as being a parent without sacrifices. And every generation has its own sacrifices. Do we think about the fact that we sit on the shoulders of our parents? And what about our grandparents, right? And some of us have very dramatic grandparents' stories. Do we recognize the Messias Nefesh 
Do we recognize, do we recognize the sacrifices that previous generations made and we sit on their shoulders? So the Mishnah says, Ezehu Katan, what's a sign of smallness? Of smallness, right? Of smallness of mind, of smallness of stature, of stunted life growth. When you don't even realize that you sit, when you're unable to sit on the shoulders of others. When you recognize, when you don't recognize that who you are is because you sit on the shoulders of your father. That's Beishamai. Beishilah says, Ezehu Katan. What's the sign of stunted life growth? Right? What's the sign of smallness of life? So what does Beishilah say? A child who can't hold the hand of his father. When you think in life that you don't need anyone's help, that you could just do everything on your own. You don't need anyone. You're fully self-reliant, fully independent. You don't need to hold on to anyone's hand. That's a sign of katmos. That's a sign of smallness. Because I will say, sometimes what ends up happening is people with an overinflated sense of self and a certain level of self-aggrandizement or overinflated ego think they could go at it alone. And the truth is, no one in life can go at it alone. We all need someone to hold our hand. We all need someone to lean on. We all need someone to support us. Maybe not in the day-to-day. Maybe day-to-day things are fine. But all of us have moments of incredible vulnerability and all of us have moments of incredible difficulty. And if you don't get used and, and accustomed to the idea of holding someone's hand to support you in times of need, you get lost. You get lost in the difficulties of life. So a fascinating idea. So therefore, Beis Hillel says, Ezehu Katan, what is a sign of life smallness, stunted self-growth? Any person who doesn't acknowledge that you have to hold the hand of someone. You got to find someone to hold their hand in the midst of life. So incredible, Yisrael, incredible, Machlok. And it's not, they're not really mutually exclusive. If you think about them, at least from a Hashkafic perspective, they're very much linked together. What's a sign of diminished life growth? What's a sign, ultimately, again, of stunted personalistic growth? Beishamai, if you don't realize that you sit on the shoulders of those who came before you. Beishilel, if you don't realize that you need someone to lean on, you need someone to hold their hand. If I don't develop these mindsets in life, unfortunately, I remain a katan. Good, so the Gemara goes on. Or Mishnah goes on. So the Mishnah says, Beishamai Omrim, Hari'iyah, Shtei Kasef, Ma. So also we're going to get into this in the Gemara. Beautiful, beautiful Gemaras. We're going to discuss the idea that there are different karbanos when you come up for Aliyah Laregal. So I'll say, so there is the Ola Sri'iyah, which is an Ola. Remember again, an Ola is a carbon that is totally consumed on the Mizbeach. There's also Shalmei Chagiga. So you have to bring an Ola Sri'iyah. So whenever you come to the basin, you have to bring an Ola. There is also Shalmei Chagiga, Shlamim. So remember again, Shlamim carbon. you have, everybody gets a piece. Part of it goes on the Mizbeach. The chest and the thigh go to the coin, and the rest of the meat go to the owner. There's a third category of karbanos called shalmei simcha. Shalmei simcha are non They're obligatory in that if you want to eat meat, the way you eat meat when you are in Yerushalayim is through shalmei simcha. But they're not mandated karbanos like the olas re'iyah and the Shalmei Simcha. So also, now there's a machlokas as to what the minimum value of these karbanos should be. So it says, the Gimara, Beishamai Omrim, Hari, sorry, Mishnah, Hari, Iyah, Shtei Kasef, the carbon Re'iyah has to be Shtei Kasef, two pieces of silver, Vachagiga Ma'a, 
And the Chagiga only has to be a Ma'a. So if you look at Rashi, Rashi says, Be'eshamay Omrim Hari'iyah Shtei Kasef, Gadol Habal Leheros, when an adult man comes to the Beis HaMikdash, to go ahead and literally Leheros, to be seen by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Tzarek Lahavi Ola, he has to bring an Ola, Ve'eno Pachusa Mishtei Kasef, and an Ola, right, this Ola's Re'iyah, Cannot be less than shtei kasef, right? Mishtei kasef, shtei maos kasef, shen shlish dinar, which is a third of a dinar. Good chagiga. Next Rashi, shami chagiga, chayoven hayichidim lahavi beragel diafilin lebeshili pirkin. So I say so. Beishamai therefore says that Allah chalamaisa diriyas two kasef and the chagiga is a maa maa kasef. Beisila omrim beisila says no riya maa. Their olas riya only has to be one maa of kasef. So good, about the value of the Chagiga, or I should say the Shlamim versus the Ola. Beautiful. Again, we'll get into the Gemara without we'll see the definition. Says the Gemara. So we'll say, so always this kind of structure in the Mishnah is always intriguing. Why? Because we'll say, if you notice something very interesting happens, the Mishnah begins by saying, Everyone is obligated in Re'iya. Everyone's obligated in Re'iya. So we'll say, so that seems to be a pretty, a pretty all-inclusive case. And then what does the Mishnah do? What does the Mishnah do? List the exemptions. Right? Every, everyone is obligated except... Now, both sides, now here's what's interesting. The, we know this because we've been through a good part of Shas already. So we know that whenever you see a, the word Hakol in the Mishnah, it always comes to include something specific that you might have not otherwise thought on your own. So the Gemara asks over here, Hakol Asuyemai. So the Mishnah says, Hakol Chayavan Bereiyah. Everyone is obligated in Reiyah. So who is that coming to include? So we'll say, listen to this. Hakol Asuyemai. Lasuye Mishachetziav Eved Vechetziav Ben Chorin. The Bible says it's coming to include someone who is a half Eved, half Ben Chorin. Half Eved, half Ben Chorin. So the Gemara says, now both saying, just to understand, how do you have a case like this of half Eved, half Ben Chorin? Very simple, right? Ruvain and Shimon both own an Eved Kanani, a non-Jewish servant in partnership. Ruvain, right? Ruvain emancipates his Chalek. So I say, so now what you have is that Eved Kanani now is half emancipated, half not emancipated. Now I will say, now here's the problem that that creates for this Eved Kanani, which is, what happens to an Eved Kanani upon, upon emancipation? What happens? He becomes half Jewish. Right? And I will say, I just want to point out, it's always interesting. Remember, nowhere else in halacha do you ever have a concept of someone being half Jewish, except by, except by celebrities, right? Right? No, right? No, no, right? No, nowhere else, nowhere else do you have this concept. The, the, either you're in or you're out. You're, you're in or you're out. So I just want to point out the exception to this is an Evid Kanani, which is actually quite fascinating, which you're going to see is a big, actually an incredible problem for him. So, but again, if, if one of the partners emancipates their chilek, then ultimately he's half Jewish. Says the Gemara, so watch this. So therefore, again, the Mishnah is positing that when it says hakol chayoven bereiyo, hakol comes to include chatsi evid chatsi ben chorid. He's also chayoven reiyo. Now, why is he chayoven reiyo? Why is he chayoven reiyo? Because at the end of the day, he has a part of him that's Jewish. So the part of him that's Jewish is obligated to go ahead and 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 kabiyal yilag. Well, you know, it's interesting. The Bashan Tov Hakadosh says that the truth is every Jew is a chazi eved chazi ben chorin, right? Because there's a part of me, there's a part of me that soars, right? There's a part of me that accomplishes so much. And there's a part of me that wants to be so good. 
And then there's the Chatsi Eved. There's a part of me that's a slave to so many different things in life. And often to things that are not the right things. So we look at Chatsi Eved, Chatsi Ben Chor, and sometimes it's like, what an interesting anomaly. Says the Vashon Vakadosh, an anomaly. So for many of us, it's our day-to-day lives. In any event, so the Gemara goes on. The Gemara says, Ravina da Amar. What about according to Ravina? According to Ravina, he said, So according to Ravina, Ravina holds that Halacha Lamaisa, ultimately, I am going to see this on Daf Dalit, that no, is not obligated in Ri'iyah. So according to Ravina, then, what, what does the Hakal of the Mishnah come to include? Ah, so it comes to include something else. To which the Gemara says, La Asui, interesting case, Chiger biyom Rishon, Vinispasha biyom Shena. But listen to this case. It comes to include the following case. A person who is crippled on the first day of Yom Tiv, but then is healed on the second day. Watch this. Let's say you have a person who's crippled, and therefore he cannot walk on the first day of Yom Tiv, but Baruch Hashem, he's healed by the second day Yom Tiv. So therefore, again, the Gemara posits, that Hakol comes to include that even this person has to be Ola Regal on the second day. To which the Gemara says, one second, one second. Hani Chalaman Damar Kulon Tashlumen Zelozeh. Elaman Damar Kulon Tashlumen Derishon. Hakol Asuye. My Rebbe said, this is incredible. We're going to see all of these Machloksim in the coming Dapim. Rebbe said, but this is quite fascinating. Let me tell you this outside, then we'll look in Rashi. We'll say, there is a fundamental machlokas as to how to look at the seven days young. Let, let, let's just take, for example, sukkis. So we'll say, we know that there's a mitzvah of, of aliyah l'regal, right? That, that we know. The shayla is, what is the nature of the framework of the mitzvah? So what we're going to see is there's two ways to look at the mitzvah. When does the mitzvah of aliyah l'regal begin? When does it begin? Right? First day. So we'll say, see, here's the machlokas. Do we, let's, say, let's say you're not Ola Rega on the first day. Let's say you're not Ola Rega on the first day. So what do you do? What do you do? Go on the second day. So we'll say, so now here's the Shaila. Do we say that each day has its own independent Chiv? Right? So in other words, the mitzvah starts on the first day. But if you don't do it on the first day, do it on the second day. Because it's also like the mitzvah kind of devolves onto day number two. Or if you didn't do it the second day, take a while and guess what do you do? What do you do? Go on the third day. In other words, that kind of the mitzvah begins on the first day, but it's nisgalgil, it kind of rolls, right? Rolls onto each subsequent day. Or do we say no? The mitzvah is on the first day. If you don't fulfill the mitzvah on the first day, you could fulfill the first day mitzvah on day number two. And if you don't fulfill the mitzvah on day number two, you could fulfill the first day mitzvah on day number three, and let's say, how do we look at the mitzvah? Is the mitzvah really the first day? It's only on the first day, but if you don't fulfill the first day, let's say you could perform it on one of the subsequent days, or that no, the mitzvah rolls day to day. Both you say to yourself, who cares? It's the same thing. It's not the same thing. Why does it matter? What if you have a guy, in this case, Ruvain, who was exempt on the first day? He was exempt on day number one. What's the case of that? He was crippled, right? He, was, he, he couldn't walk on day number one. But he can walk on day number two. So this is fascinating. If you say that what? That the real mitzvah is day number one. And it's day one mitzvah that ultimately again descends or rolls on to every subsequent day. Well, if you're exempt on day one, then what? As they say, Ein al There's nothing more to talk about. You're exempt. You're exempt on day number one. That's it. You're done. You're, you're out from the mitzvah. 
If however you say that, no, the day one mitzvah becomes day two mitzvah, becomes day three mitzvah, then fine. Even though I could not go on day number one, I can go on day number two, three, four, so on and so forth. Suppose I look at Rashi. Rashi says, We'll say we're going to see that technically speaking, you could bring your karbonos of yamtiv all seven days of yamtiv. So we'll say, here's the Lashen. Some say the way the days of Yom Tiv work is, they're Tashlumen Zelazeh. Each one could be a makeup for the other. Others say no. The subsequent days are the makeup day for the first. We'll say, here's the Lashen. Tashlumen Zelazeh. Each day is a makeup for the other one, which means essentially that the mitzvah, the mitzvah kind of evolves from a day one mitzvah to a day two mitzvah to a day three mitzvah, so on and so forth. Or no, tashlum and derishon. Each subsequent day is a makeup for day number one. And says, the, he says, Rashi, my benayu, ego benayu, man, the again, and Rashi goes on to say that Allah said, the nafkamini would be if you're exempt on day number one. If you're exempt on day number one, if you hold that every day is tashlum and derishon, every day is a makeup for day number one. Well, if you're exempt day number one, you're exempt the entirety of yamtiv. If you hold tashlum and zelazeh, then ultimately, again, each day has its own unique obligation. So it says the Gimar. So therefore, I'll say, so let's get back on track. So the Gimar wanted to say that what is hakol? Hakol chayav and berigiyah. What does hakol come to include? Oh, hakol comes to include someone who was crippled on day number one, but Baruch Hashem healed by day number two. To tell us that he's chayiv and ali l'regal. So we say, well, one second. Not everybody agrees with that. Right? The only, in other words, only if you hold, only if you hold what? That each day is tashlum and zela that there's an obligation for such a person. But if you hold that the days of Yom Tiv are tashlum and derishon, they're all a makeup for the first day. Then if you're exempt on day number one, you're exempt the subsequent days as well. To which the says, fine. Let's find another case. Hakola suyemai. So therefore, both say, again, try number three now. Attempt number three. What does hakol chayavim beriyah, what does it come to include? La suye suma ba'achas me'enav. Let's say fascinating. To include someone who's blind in one eye. Someone who's blind in one eye. The Gemara says, that tell us that even someone who's blind in one eye is obligated in Aliyah Laregal. Then I will say, watch this. And this also would not be in accordance with the following opinion. This Sanya, here we go. Here we go. Yochanan ben Dahavai, O Mishnah Rabbi Yehuda. Yochanan ben Dahavai said in the name of Rabbi Yehuda, Suma ba'achas me'inav pater min hari'iyah. A person who is blind in one eye is pater from Aliyah Laregal. Put it around the other regal. Shene Emar, because the Pasik says about Sai. Pasik says now, just to quote to you the Pasik. The Pasik says, Shalosh Pa'amin Bashana, Yeira E, Kalzachurcha. But I will say, when you look at that word in the Torah, it could be read as how? Yir E. Yir E. Shabbosai. So it's Shene Emar, Yir E, Yeira E. Shabbosai. Now, once you're seeing Yir E and Yeira E, Yir E means what? You will see. Yei means you will be seen. So the Gemara makes a drush of Yei You'll see, you'll be seen. Meaning what? Kiderech sheba liros, kach ba liros. To teach us about the following drasha. The same way that is so beautiful that HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes to the Beis HaMikdash 
to be seen by Klal Yisrael during Aliyah Laregel, the same way that Hashem comes ultimately to see, so He wants to be seen. The same way God comes, Hashem comes to see Klal Yisrael, the same way He comes to see, He wants to be seen by Klal Yisrael. What does that mean? Maliros bishtei enov. Just like HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes and He sees us kiviachol with two eyes. Af liros bishtei enov. So to ultimately, again, He wants to be seen with two eyes as well. Which therefore comes to do what? Comes to exclude the person who is blind in one eye from the mitzvah of Aliyah Laregal. Because He does not see Hashem the way Hashem sees Him. So we'll say this is the drasha of Yir'eh, Yeira'eh. The way Hashem comes to see, Hashem Kivyachal comes to see with two eyes. He, quote unquote, demands to be seen with two eyes. Therefore, if all I have is one eye, I'm blind in one eye, I'm exempt from the mitzvah of all the other And I will say, so again, just, just so you keep track over here. So remember again, the Mishnah, the Gemara is coming to say that Hakol Chayavim Bireiyah is coming to include this guy who's blind in one eye. The Gemara is just saying, not in accordance with this opinion. So apparently, a guy who's blind in one eye is a machlokes. Is a machlokes. Our Mishnah will say he's chayiv. Later on, we'll see Yochanan ben Davai, Rabbi Huda. He's not chayiv. Iba, he's saying the other possibility is. Maybe let's go back to our original idea. What was our original idea? Our said is incredible. Our original idea was Ravina. I'm sorry, was, was Chatsi Evid Chatsi Ben Chorin. And to teach us that a Chatsi Evid Chatsi Ben Chorin is Chayiv and Aliyah Laregel. To which the Imran says, I Ravina. But one second, we, 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 kind of, we kind of abandoned that approach because of Ravina. Ravina said that a Chatsi Evid Chatsi Ben Chorin is not Chayiv and Aliyah Laregel. So the Gemara says, Lo Kashya, Kan be Mishnah Rishona. Kan b'mishnah achrona. They both say there are two different versions of the Chatsi Evid Chatsi Ben Chorin law. An earlier version and a later version. Look at Rashi just a moment. Mishnah Rishona. Kodem shechazru beishamai lahoros kedivrei beish. Sorry, beishil lahoros kedivrei beishamai. Sefer demas nisin diktani chutz mina avodim shenam b'shechrodim. Talk more about this. We'll say actually before we get to this, Rashi. Let's see. We'll say we're going to see a fundamental shift. In the way the halacha dealt with the chatzia ben chatzia ben chorin, watch this. This nan misha chatzia ben chatzia ben chorin over it's rabbi yomecha ves asa yomecha divrei beisilo. So we'll say originally beisilo's position was as follows. What do you do with the chatzia ben chatzia ben chorin? So we'll say again, same case as we said before. We'll call we'll just call him eved, right? Eved, eved Kanani is owned by Reuben and Shimon. Reuben emancipates his his ownership interest. Shimon does not. The guy, the eved, is literally. Half a free man, half an Evid Kanani. So what does he do? So Basil says, what's the big deal? He works for his master one day, works for himself one day. Right? So one day he's uh, doing whatever he's doing for the master. The next day he's running his hedge fund, right? He's, he's a Ben Chorin, right? Whatever it is that he's doing. But Lamaisa, Lamaisa, he his time is split between himself and between his Adon. Amalem Beishamai. So Beishamai says to Beishilo, Amad Beis, we'll say, Amad Beis, that's very nice. That, that, that's a great setup. You've taken care of his master's issues, right? Because now Shimon, who is the remaining owner, will get 50% of work from the Eved. But the Eved is stuck in the lurch. In other words, the Eved has a real problem. What's the problem of the Eved? So I'll say, here we go. Lisa Shifcha, Eino Yochol. He can't marry a Shifcha, right? He can't marry a Shifcha. Why can't he marry a Shifcha, Rabosai? 
because at the end of the day, he has a part of him that's free, right? A Jewish man is not permitted to marry a shivcha, so he can't marry a shivcha baschor and in a yachol. He can't marry a regular Jewish woman. Why? Because he's half eved libatel. So we'll say, so what does this mean? You just shouldn't get married and try to have a family. The world was created for procreation. I will say, what does that mean? In other words, the world was created so that we should try to establish families. We should try to have a normal life. So the idea over here is that this guy is, as they say, nishtahim nishtaher, right? He's, he's nowhere. He's nowhere. He's in this limbo state. He can't marry a shivcha. He can't marry an, a, a Jewish woman. So what's going to happen? So the Gemara says, Well, Hashem didn't create the world to be desolate. In other words, Hashem wants people to get married. Hashem wants people to try to have a family. Hashem wants people to try to, to, try to build the world. So what do we do? Ella, so we'll say, watch this. Ella, we'll say, this is all based Shammai, by the way. It's, it sounds very interesting. All based Shammai. Ella, mepnei tikon ha'olam, kofin esrabo, va'osa osa ben chorin. And we'll say, listen to this. Beishamai advances something amazing. Beishamai says, you know what we do with the chati and chati ben chorin? We force Shimon, who's the remaining owner, to emancipate his part of the Evan. We force Shimon. We force Shimon. We say, listen, Shimon. The world is not served by this type of arrangement. So we force Shimon to emancipate his part. Now watch this. Now here's the problem. Right? We don't want Shimon to have to take a loss. And we tell now the Eved, you, you owe the master 50% of your value. So we'll say, here's what's happened. So we force Shimon to emancipate his part. But again, Shimon doesn't deserve to suffer a loss. So we tell the Abed, okay, now you owe 50, you, right, you, you owe your value, so to speak, 50% of your value to your former master. I'm going to say that obviously that's a good deal for everyone. It's a good deal for Shimon, right? Well, it's a good deal for the Abed. Really, it's primarily a good deal for the Abed. But at least Shimon doesn't suffer a loss. So I'm going to say, this is how Beis Shammai chooses to deal with the Chatzia V'chatzim and Chorn. Essentially, they say this is an unsustainable model. And therefore, again, by definition, we cannot perpetuate it. And I'm going to say, what ended up happening? And ultimately, again, this is fascinating. Originally, Basilo disagreed. Right? Originally, Basilo said, no, we're okay with this system. You're 50% avid, 50% free man. But ultimately, again, Basilo comes around to this new arrangement. And Halakha Lamaisa agrees with Beishamai. Sefer Abbas said, the Gemara wants to suggest that we could go with Ravina's approach. And therefore, Hakol Chayavim Biri'iyah comes to include even a chatsi evid chatsi ben chorin. Aye, what about Ravina? What about Ravina? Ravina said a chatsi evid chatsi ben chorin is not chay ben ali the regal. Yeah, that's in the original form of chatsi evid chatsi ben chorin, where even where Beis Hillel allowed for this arrangement. But after Beis Hillel agreed with Beis Shammai and said this arrangement is unacceptable, then all, and we, therefore we forced the eman, full emancipation of the Chatsi Avid Chatsi Ben Chorin, ultimately again, even Ravina would agree that such an individual is Chayit in Aliyah Regal, Because essentially such an individual becomes what? Becomes what? A full-fledged Jew. Take a look at the, go back to just Amun Aleph just for a moment. Just that Rashi. Mishnah Rishona, Kodem Shechazu Beis Hillel. Kodem shechazu beisila lahoros kedivrei beishamai seifa demasnisin diktani chutz mina avadim sheinam shechrarim du okma ravina bemishechatzi avid chatzi ben chorin de pater nishnis kodem shechazu beisila. Shabbos say when Ravina espoused his position that a chatzi avid chatzi ben chorin is exempt 
from Aliyah Laregel, that was before Beis Hillel changed their position to agree with Beis Shammai. Avala'achar shahodu lebeis Shammai, sheyesh al Beis din lakuf es adonu l'shachriro. But after Beis Hillel changed their position and agreed with Beis Shammai, and therefore the Beis din forces the master to emancipate his Eved, v'havedei ki'ilo m'shuchrar kivar. Yabos said, here's the incredible part. Yabos said, then we have to go back there. Listen to this. So, let, so let's analyze this. So now Ravina says, so now the, I'm sorry, the Gemara says, Hakol everyone is obligated in Aliyah Laregel. Right? So what is, who does it come to include? Who does it come to include? Chatsi Yavid Chatsi Ben Chorin. Right? Because now everyone's in a, Yabos said, so let's analyze this just a moment. Chatsi Yavid Chatsi Ben Chorin in what state? If you're telling me that it's after the Adon, the remaining master emancipated, the last 50%, then is that person Chai ben Ali Laregel? Yeah, of course. Why? He's Jewish. Does the Mishnah need to teach me that? No. So what is the Mishnah coming to teach me? The Mishnah is coming to teach me that the guy who is presently a Chatsi Chatsi ben Chorin, in this state now, he is now Chai ben Ali Laregel also. Why? Because since we know that he is going to be emancipated, how do we know he's going to be emancipated? Because even Beis Hillel came around to agree with Beis Shammai. And we know that Beis Din is going to force Shimon, the remaining order, owner, to emancipate his chilek. Since we know he's going to be emancipated, we treat him as what? We treat him as what? As emancipated. And we treat him as Jewish, and therefore he is going to be chayiv ultimately in the Mitzvah of the so that, that's, the, that's the novelty. So you can have a guy who is presently a chatsi evin chatsi ben choren, but now because everyone is on the same page, that such a person is going to be emancipated, we treat him as if he is already emancipated, and therefore be chayav and ali other regal. Absolutely astounding. I will say, just before we go on, I'll just mention something quite beautiful. One of the suggestions that the Gemara floated about who might be chayiv may be in, in Ali al-Regal, ultimately, again, was the Summa Ba'achas Me'inov, someone who is blind in one eye. So I will say, there is a beautiful, beautiful insight by by the Noam Ali Melech. And the Noam Ali Melech says, there's an incredible metaphorical, of Lezhensk. there is a beautiful metaphorical meaning in, so what does it mean to be blind in one eye? So the Rebbe says something so beautiful, he says, the Rebbe says a person has two eyes. Person has to have one eye with which they see the greatness of God. And a person uses one eye to see their own lowliness, humility. One eye focuses on the greatness of God, and one eye focuses on the humility of the self. But someone who only sees, ultimately again, the greatness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but doesn't recognize his own humility, right? Doesn't see his own deficiencies. So there's something missing. Pater minariya. Such a person like that is Pater from Aliyah Laregel. He's not going to be a Ben Aliyah. Person is not going to grow if all they see is the greatness of Hashem, but don't see their own deficiencies. It's easy to see the greatness of God. Easy to see the greatness of God, right? Because again, the Yibam Shalom is, is absolutely magnificent. But true growth, true Aliyah Laregel, true growth as a person also comes from seeing what's broken inside of me. 
No one likes to see their own broken kites, right? No one likes to see their own deficiencies. No one likes to see ultimately, again, kind of what's misfiring and what's not working. But if I'm not brave enough to look at my own quote-unquote lowliness, not lowliness that I'm a bad person, chas shalom, but I'm low in certain areas. If I can't see that, if I can't acknowledge that, if I can't embrace that, then I can't work on it. And if I can't work on it, you can see the greatness of God from here until tomorrow. But if you don't use your other eye to see what's broken and what needs work, there's no aliyah l'regel. There's no growth in life. The katsker, the katsker sees this a little bit differently. People say people think Hasidim don't learn Gemara. They just make l'chaims. See, it's not true. It's not true, right? You see, again, all the Rebbes are weighing in on this. Hey, so the katsker says something beautiful. The katsker says, he has a different, he says a person has two pockets. Two pockets. In one pocket, right? He says pockets. So it means there's two parts to a person. On one hand, I carry with me the mantra, Kala Olam Nivra Bishvili. The entire world was created for me. Kashmaruch made an entire world for me. That's my, that's my potential. Hashem made this whole world so I can accomplish something great. In my other pockets, what do I carry around? Va'anochi Afar Ve'efer. I'm nothing. I'm nothing. So the Kaskar says, Suma ba'achas me'inov is a person who only sees one of these things. If you walk around life, olam nivra bishvili, the entire world was created for me, that creates an unhealthy sense of entitlement, which ultimately yields to an incredible inflated sense of self and an incredible arrogance. If on the other hand, all I walk around with in life is anochi afar ve'efer, look how broken I am, Look how low I am, right? Look, look what a nothing I am. That unfortunately, that lack of sense of self leads to nowhere as well. In life, you have to have two eyes. You have to have shtei nayim. You have to have shtei nayim. So therefore, again, the Katska says, Suma ba'achas ne'inav. If a person is blind in one eye, it means they only see one of these things. Either they only see kala olam nivra bishvili, unhealthy sense of entitlement. Or they only see anochi afar ba'ifar, I'm a nothing, lack of sense of self. In order to be chayiv and aliyah l'regel, in order to grow in life, you have to have shtei in life. You have to have two eyes. You have to have two eyes. You have to have a healthy sense of self, kola olam nivra bishvili, tempered with a healthy sense of humility, va'anochi afar ve'efer. So again, the Noam Elimelech telling me my two eyes, one eye has to be looking on the greatness of God, and one eye has to be looking on the things I have to work on, the lowliness of man. What do I have to work on? What do I have to do? What do I have to focus on? The Kutzker, one eye has to go ahead and focus on the world is mine. The world is mine. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created this for me to accomplish, but the other eye also has to focus on Anochi Afar Ve'ifat, to be humble. Once again, work on the things that are broken. If you're blind in any one of the eyes, you're Pater from Aliyah Laregal. You're not going anywhere in life. You're not going to be, there's no aliyah. But if I have a sight in both eyes, no telling what I could accomplish. So I'll say, I'm going to say, let's go right there. Let's finish this up. Says the Gemara, Chutz mi cheri shot of a cotton. So I'll say, so the Mishnah said, except for a cheri shot of a cotton. So right, these are exempt from aliyah or regal. So says the Gemara, Katani. But say, by the way, it's also nice to have normal sized, right, pages of Gemara, right? This is like, Mommy, you don't look at this and start to sweat, right? Because no way you're getting through this. Well, it's nice, nice. You can do a daf gemara in forty-five minutes. Says and most people can do a daf gemara in forty-five minutes. Good. Says gemara. Chos vecherish shot the cotton. So says the gemara. Katani cherish dumya the shota the cotton. 
Now, what we're going to focus over here, who is the Shota that we're referring to over here? So it says the Gemara, sorry, who is the Chirish, excuse me. A Chirish is someone who is similar to a Shota and a Katan. How so? Ma Shota ve Katan de lav just like a Shota and a Katan. So what's coming down there between a Shota and a Katan? They lack, they lack mental capacity. Right? A shota, we've spoken this before. A shota, the Gemara defines as someone who's Lama based Akvaris, he sleeps in the cemetery, he tears his clothing unnecessarily, talks to himself, people talk to him, he doesn't respond back. So that's a shota. A shota lacks mental capacity. A child lacks mental capacity. So we'll say it must be that the chirish we're talking about also doesn't have mental capacity. And therefore, I will say, what does that come to teach us? Generally, when we see the word cheresh, unless otherwise qualified, a cheresh refers to someone who is a deaf mute. A deaf mute. Can't hear and can't speak. And I will say, that's why this person is always grouped together with what? With a shota and a katan. Because the assumption is the chashu. Chashu. Cheresh, shota, the katan. The assumption is these people all grouped together because they all lack capacity. So it says the Gemara. Ha, so the Gemara says, ha veino shamea, shamea veino So also what we can infer from this is that if you have a person who is able to speak but unable to hear, in other words, he's deaf but he's not mute, or he's mute, right? He 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 hears but he doesn't speak, so he's mute and he's not deaf. Chayiv. So we'll say, we assume that if a person has one of these faculties, either speech or hearing, that they do have mental capacity, and therefore, again, would be chayv and aliyah l'regel. Tanya l'hudetan rabbanon. So we'll say, we learn this. Ha-medaber ve'no shomea ze-cheresh. Here we'll say, we learn as follows. Someone is medaber, he speaks, but he doesn't hear. That's a cheresh. Shomea ve'no medaber. So we'll say, it's a different definition. Here we're saying that a cheresh is someone, essentially, who is deaf. And Shomea Ve'inu Medaber, someone who's able to hear but doesn't speak, Zehu Ilein. Ultimately, such a person is called in Halacha Ilein, a mute. And yet, Zeh V'zeh Harehen Kepikchin Lechol Divrayen. And I will say again, these individuals, these individuals are considered to be like a Pikeach. A Pikeach means what? A person with mental capacity. So you see again, I will say, pretty explicit. If you could hear, but you can't speak, or if you could speak, but you can't hear, as long as you have one of those faculties, then Allah Chalamaisi, you are treated like, quote unquote, a typical person. How do you know how to give which name to who? Right? The Gemara says that a person who, can he- who can't hear but can speak is a Cheresh. If you're deaf, you're a Cheresh. And if you're a mute, you're an Elim. It's very simple. It's a Pasik. Okay, that's pretty straight out. I will be like a cheresh who can't hear and like an elain who cannot open his mouth. Another possibility is, as people say, when a person refers to an elain, they refer to an elain as a person whose words were taken away from him. So, we'll say, so just pointing out over here, you see something interesting. You see the idea that cheresh, unqualified, cheresh, unqualified, always refers to what? Someone who is deaf and mute. And therefore, again, that's why he's always linked together with shota and katan. Now, you can have other cases where the word cheresh is qualified. Cheresh, qualified cheresh can mean someone who's what? Who's deaf, but has the ability to speak. But someone who's deaf and has the ability to speak, such a person is considered like a pikeach, like a person with total capacity. Total capacity. So therefore, again, the Gemara is just explaining, when we exempt the cheresh from aliyah l'regal, 
ultimately, again, that person is deaf and mute. So the Gemara goes right there. Bryce just said that if a person could speak, but he can't hear, or could hear, but he can't speak, he's going to be chayiv in this. But we learned, but we learned elsewhere that if a person could speak, but they can't hear, or a person could hear, but they can't speak, that they're potter from mitzvahs. Here's half three. So this will conclude. Here's half three, the Mishnah. Oh, we'll say, watch this. We're actually, we'll stop over here with this today. I'll say, but we're going to see something fascinatingly amazing. We're going to see that there is another piece to this discussion. There is the mitzvah of re'iyah, and there is the mitzvah of simcha, of rejoicing on Yom Tiv. And we're going to see that there are certain circumstances in which a person is chayiv in simcha, but maybe Pata from Riyabos, he'll stop over here for today. Mirtashim will pick up with this tomorrow. Welcome to Masechas Chagiga Shkoyach. All right, Chebron, this is have a great Shabbos, everyone.